okay, so I, I've been debating mentioning this because it annoys me when other podcasts do this, but whatever. Due to some financial issues, if people want to help out the podcast, I do have a Patreon at uh, crimsbacon.patreon slash Patreon, however Patreon things are, where I will post drawings and doodles and what have you. Recently, it's been a lot of Portsmouth stuff. So far, 200% of what I make on Patreon is being paid to our editor, Selfie. And yeah, that's just a, a big help for uh, one, getting Selfie money to do this, even though I am not paying him nearly enough for what the work he is doing. But also, it, it, it would help with me financially for all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the end of, of my shilling. So now we'll go to actual characters and... Uh, the game. All right. So I actually got to scroll up for Monstrance. Monstrance, are you with us? Monstrance? Oops, I was muted. I am. <laughs> also, while you go through Monstrance's side story, I am highly apologetic that I will have to bounce. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I have a... Uh... A interlude at the end of the session. I will have a uh, selfie uh, cut that out and send it to you. Okie dokie. Okay. Thanks for running. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. I will see you in a few weeks. Awesome. Peace All right. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Monstrance. Yes. So, you, uh, yeah, unlike Colton's, whose uh, stuff kind of happens at an ambiguous point in the week. Uh, Monstrance's side story actually takes place um, later later that day. So you got your, uh, your new fancy items, and uh, you, uh, you're basically called in to work. Um, you return to, uh, to uh, work and uh, kind of just casually go by the, the graveyard and uh, as you peek uh, peek inside of it, you see that the golden marble door that uh, you were dragged through is just completely gone. My no what? signs of it anywhere. The what's completely gone? Uh, the the door that you were dragged through that led to a uh, mirage. Oh. Yeah. And uh, looking around, uh, you don't see uh, any signs of any more uh, centipedes. Uh, like readily uh, uh, visible. Uh, that is at least until uh, Richard Warren's funeral. So, the the fam yeah you're uh, you're kind of off to the side because you know you're gonna have to be the one to fill in the hole. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah the uh, the the preachers out uh, the close uh, friends and family and you know some like people of varying degrees of connection. Uh, uh, come to the funeral, and while they are uh, there and listening to uh, the preacher and crying and and uh, you know just the standard fare for uh, the the last leg of a funeral, you actually spot some of these centipede uh, animas uh, of varying sizes. Like none of them are as large as the ones uh, you fought uh, yesterday. But 
they still range from okay, that's just a small bug to that's a rather concerning centipede. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh yeah, you see them kind of like worm their way up the mourner's legs and clinging onto their back. If they have like particularly like floofy hairdos, the uh, uh centipedes will go in there and start uh kind of curling about and making a nest. Ew. Yeah. Monsters is not sure what to do. I think they would... Hmm? I think they would just let it happen. Alright. So, uh, yeah. Mon- yeah, ca- kind of in a state of shock, Monsters watches as a... Like, not all the mourners, but just a, a few who you kind of assume are, like, were the closest to uh to this Richard kid. Uh yeah, like they they all get a couple of uh of a uh, of these centipede uh spider antlered things on them. Um but yeah besides the those animus showing up um his uh the rest of his funeral kind of uh goes by with a little incident as the uh mourners are uh dispersing and taking your leave, you notice that, uh, like, as the people move, the animus just kind of fall off of them. Like, like almost like uh, they lost a collision. And, uh, yeah, a few, uh, most of the uh, centipedes just kind of scatter off back into the, uh, the underbrush of uh, the cemetery, but a few do, uh, follow some of the uh, mourners to their cars, uh, either slipping inside or going under the vehicle that they're getting ready to leave. Um, and, yeah, the, the rest of, uh, of the day uh, kind of goes off with, without incident. Um, yeah, by the time everyone leaves and you're finally able to get the hole filled in and uh, all nice and proper-like, it's, uh, it's pretty late. Uh, there, there were some stragglers that you had to wait on, and uh, it's getting pretty close to time to uh, lock up the cemetery for the night. Uh, one second, I need some coffee. <laughs> As it turns out, DMing is just a lot of talking. Isn't it? <sighs> I honestly need to remember to like have my cup of water nearby when I'm running my running the bone session because I get so my mouth is so dry by the end of it. Yeah, I have like a liter bottle of water that's just always on my desk, but I never get it because Vegas water is awful. Oh I imagine. Like I even have a filter in it and it's still awful. Um Ooh. Yeah. Alright, so let's see. It's it's late, almost time to lock up the cemetery by the time filled in. You're, uh, yeah, you start packing up, uh, you know, your, uh, your equipment, um, you know, your shovel, uh, maybe, I don't know, would, uh, would Monstrance have, like, a, uh, clean jacket that he would bring to, uh, to go home in? No, they'd probably, um, walk home all dirty because it wouldn't make sense to get another jacket dirty. Okay. So they'd just be, be covered in filth walking home. Oh, I love them. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, 
face smeared, the hair's frizzy, uh, definitely, like, there's mud on clinging to the face, uh, all the way up to the elbows, all the way up the legs, like, they definitely wash a lot of their clothes all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're picking, packing up your, uh, uh, equipment, so probably mostly just, like, shovels of various sizes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, much of the other staff has, uh, gone home for the night, leaving, uh, you one of the only, uh, uh, employees, uh, at the, at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And as you oh, get ready to, uh, thing, oh, I'm yes. sorry, one thing they would do before they leave, I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean they're in a Oh, no, go for it. Um, they would definitely have a habit of leaving a rock on top of the grave before they leave, out of respect. Okay. Any any particular kind of rock, or just like a neat rock they found? No, uh, just a neat rock they found, because rocks last forever. Mmm. So kind of like, it's, yeah, just something that they they do, they like to do. Instead of flowers, they leave a rock. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. They're such a weird little guy. I love them. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, you're, you you put the rock down and uh, you're getting ready to uh, head out and lock up the cemetery when you notice that there is a lone man still out in the yard. He's uh yeah, like he's not terribly far away. Like this isn't an cemetery, and like looking at him, he just kind of looks like a guy. It's like brown jacket. Uh, some slacks. Uh, yeah, he he is definitely standing in front of a grave, but like, you don't really know like whose grave it is uh, at this distance. But he does have to go. Mm. I guess I monstrance. Even though they really don't want to talk to too many people, they will kind of look, see that they're not walking towards the entrance and just kind of slowly um, walk up to stand right beside this person and turn their head to look at them with the shovel over their shoulder. Uh, so yeah, th- th- this guy doesn't seem to uh, to notice you at first. And uh, as you uh, walk up, uh, uh, you see that the grave he is standing in front of is actually the oldest grave in the yard like it is so old that every piece of identifying text on the uh, gravestone has been eroded away Ooh, um, interesting yeah and uh yeah so so you walk up to him and uh you can just barely catch him muttering uh, oh what secrets you could have shared if only i could speak with you and uh speak, speak with who Ah, oh, oh, whew. pardon me. I was quite absorbed in thought there. Naturally. Uh, it's a good place to think. Oh, yes. Uh, he looks up, monstrance up and down and says, Oh, I'm sorry. Are you a, uh, do you work here? I do. Oh, wonderful. He, uh, yeah, kind of uh, motions at the grave and says, uh, I, I'm a bit of a, oh, what would you call it? Uh, amateur occult scholar, I suppose. Um, 
I I had heard that uh that there was a honest to goodness witch that had been buried in this town. And everyone I can find in all the graveyards has been accounted for except for a uh, this young lady right here. And he motions at the uh eroded uh, gravestone. Uh he uh, says, uh, supposedly, from what I have read, she was buried with a, this is going to sound crazy, but a legitimate magical charm. He uh, kind of just gives a sad sigh and uh, continues, uh, like, I just wish that, you know, I could study that, that charm or find out what her name was, just any piece of information about this lady. Do you know how hard it is to find information on actual witches in this country? I imagine yeah. very hard. He nods and kind of vaguely motions to the south and uh, set... vaguely motions to the west. Sorry, I, I forgot my sense of direction there for a second. And says... Uh, yeah, okay. almost all of them went into hiding after Salem and everything they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever considered, instead of standing in front of a rock, looking at a piece of paper? He uh, reaches into uh, his uh, jacket pocket and pulls out a uh, sheet of paper and says, uh, I have a uh, he hands it to you, and looking through it, it is uh, it is just as a long list of names and uh, uh, birth date and uh, date of deaths. And he says, uh, each one of these people was suspected to be a witch at some point or another. And uh, he uh, uh, kind of like taps towards the middle of the page, and you see a. Uh, a birth date and a date of death, but no name. And uh, he says, uh, supposedly, this one right here, uh, and he motions at uh, the gravestone and says, uh, she apparently uh, came to this town before dying. Uh, I found everything about her that I could reading uh you know reading books uh the censuses uh newspapers just anything i could get my hand on and well, no. how do you know if it's her if she doesn't have a name he uh shakes his head and says uh you know i cannot give you a good reason for that just uh kind of taps his uh, chest just just like a, a feeling, you know? I think I understand that. I mean, a feeling's a feeling is a feeling. Yeah, gotta gotta trust your instincts and uh and what have you. I feel certain things too. Certain yeah. things for certain. Yeah, looks at you and says, uh oh. Like one day I'm going to go back to that lighthouse. He uh, 
kind of like looks over towards uh, the east and says, uh, the lighthouse here in town. Yes. It's where I oh. used to live. Oh, nobody's... If I don't remember, right? nobody's lived there in over a decade. You would be correct. Yeah, I... he gives... Oh, go ahead. No, he just... No, it wouldn't say anything. Sorry, that was just me. <laughs> uh, he doesn't nod and says, uh, hmm. I've read that it is tough on people to live in lighthouses. Why, you look... But... Yeah, you, um, uh, you look... I apologize if I'm stepping out of line, but you look very well put together for someone who grew up in isolation. Well, I wasn't alone. I had my parents, you see. He he gives an understanding nod and says, Ah, yes. Uh, and they're still there waiting for me, I'm sure. He, uh... He, he gives a nod and says, uh... Oh. I suppose they could be. No, not could, are. Yeah, he raises his hand and says, uh... You're right, my mistake. I apologize. <sighs> oh, it is late, isn't it? It is. Which is why I came over here to tell you that it is late, and I would like to walk you out. Oh! Oh, I am so sorry, sir. Uh, it is fine. He, uh, he walks over to the uh, gravestone and kind of pats the top of it a couple times and says, uh, Okay, I guess I will be seeing you at another date, my dear. He uh, kind of straightens himself up, uh, Straightens his jacket and says, uh, I believe I know which direction the exit is. You you have a nice night there. Before you go. Yes. Why did you call that woman your dad? Yeah. Uh, but dust in the ground now. Allegedly. Supposedly. Maybe. He uh, gives a little smile and a shrug and says, uh, ah, you know, researching people for so long, it almost makes you feel like you have a connection with them, you know? Like love? Mm, something like that. He'll uh, give you a little wave and a smile and says, uh, well, I better be on so that you can uh, close up shop here. What is your name? He uh, kind of gives you a little, uh, you know, like a little look over the shoulder and uh, says, uh, oh, I have not introduced myself. I'm sorry. Yeah. Turns around and gives you a little gracious bow and says, uh, my name is Jero Hare. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Gerald Hare? Jero. G-E-R-O. Jero. He uh, gives you another wide smile and says, uh, uh, yep. Monstrance is going to curtsy 
in return and say, I'm monstrance. Yeah, gives you a, a smile and a, a nod and says, uh, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Aren't we already friends? That way you can call me Moni instead. Oh, I do like that. All right, Moni? Well, like I said, I better let you uh, get everything sorted. Uh, he uh, he walks away from you and gives you a little wave over his shoulder and says, uh, whenever you do go back to that lighthouse, please tell Mr. Hughes that I said hello. Mr. Hughes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you, you're about halfway turning uh, around when uh, he says that. And, uh, yeah, as you go, uh, Mr. Hugh, and uh, uh, turn, uh, turn back around to him like he has just vanished. Like, the, the dude is gone. Um, one thing, uh, one thing you do see, though, um, like, uh, in, in the path that he was walking down, about where he would be if, uh, he hadn't just up and disappeared, there is just a perfectly bisected, uh, centipede spider, uh, on the path. Like, yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of how, uh, uh, Karen has uh, uh, killed these guys uh, in the past. Interesting. And uh, something else uh, catches your attention as uh, as uh, you're kind of looking at that. There is uh, something shiny on top of the uh, the tombstone. Oh, interesting. Uh, which the tombstone? That's unmarked? Yes. Monstrance is going to knock it off the tombstone with the edge of their shovel. So, as you do, um, you uh, see that it is, uh, yeah, as it falls, you see that it is circular and uh, silver. Like a, like a, like a bracelet? Uh, a bit smaller. Like a ring? Like a ring, yeah. Yeah, you could say that looks like a ring. Excitedly, Monster's gonna pick it up. Uh so yeah, um you uh you go in uh to pick it up and uh Yeah, like you see that it is in fact your father's ring. <gasps> Monstrance is going to kind of look around for for this man for a hot second nowhere to be found uh, they are gonna hold the ring close to their chest and just kind of stand there to be honest a bit they'd be a bit shocked but not too surprised if that makes any sense yeah yeah, kind of just in like a, a stunned state. Yeah, like something that confirmed what they kind of knew all along. <laughs> Santa was real. Santa was real. And by God, that man was Santa. 
So yeah, you're uh you're standing there, uh you're holding this ring, you're you're in a state of shock. And uh as you're uh standing there, you like a uh, at first uh it sounds like the wind, but after a moment it sounds more like uh someone screaming, but like from a distance. And uh as you look around you uh you see that the uh sound is not coming from uh yeah it's not coming from the yard near you but coming from uh the grave uh, underneath you and uh, yeah like uh, unlike uh the other day where it was very much a human voice uh shouting from the other side of uh the the door to Mirage. This is more uh uh echoey and wispy and uh yeah um has monstrance used uh ghost sight uh actively in the past? No. No? Okay. So yeah you um uh, you you do like get the feeling that this is not a normal person uh calling out to you but it is someone uh call like trying to get your attention like some some essence almost i am so tempted that might just be like buddy my shift's done and leave <laughs> <laughs> i'm not being paid anymore um they would be honestly they'd be like that's tomorrow monsters problem and put the ring on their finger and pick up the shovel and start to walk away <laughs> okay. so yeah they you, you start walking away you uh start uh locking up the uh yeah the the voice crying out to you does get more uh more desperate as you leave but uh it's not uh it doesn't have a strong presence far beyond the uh the actual grave so like once you actually like step off of that plot and back onto the path it is barely audible to you and just a few steps uh, further down the path and it is gone monster to breathe in relief at that and they would just start to walk home and probably like try to jump up to to hit the little lamppost as they go along give me a dex check okay oh buddy oh my dude be so dexterous you wiped out so hard what do you mean <laughs> max dex you rolled a Rip. two. Wait, I did? Yeah. I'm not sure why. I'm not seeing any of the numbers. Oh, you, do you have dark mode enabled? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Bummer here. Weird. Okay, let me turn off. I was just like, man, I thought I, <laughs> I was really confused. <laughs> How do I turn this off? It's uh it's to the left. 
It's this little moon button. Oh, I see. Okay, I see now. So, yeah. Work, rip. <laughs> yeah, you... Eat, eat, and then he's like, okay, I'm tough. I'm definitely just walking home. <laughs> yeah, just, just a walk home of shame. He doesn't try it again. Yeah. It's like after you fall down in front of people, <laughs> you have to get up and continue the walk. <laughs> yep, you gotta... You gotta get up and pretend that uh that nothing happened. That didn't just happen. My lord. So, is there anything else Monstrance wants to do? Mm, they probably visit like the twenty-four hour mart and get them something to eat. Okay. So so some some good old Gas station pizza. Basically. Or, or are they feeling craving? Hmm. Let's see. What would they be craving? Um, probably like the gas... Uh, gas station sushi. Yeah, I was about to be like the <laughs> gas station like dumplings. Uh... Yeah, if it's dumplings, it's fine. If it's sushi, I need you to roll a defense check. No, they're like pork dumplings. Okay, pork dumplings. Those are those are cooked and thus very unlikely to uh, give them any uh, food poisoning. <laughs> no, dumplings, and then they're probably going to go down one of the alleys and prop their um. They're they're gonna prop their shovel against the brick wall. And look for an aging fire escape so they can climb atop of the building. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, the, the fire escapes are pretty well maintained here in Portsmouth. Um, so yeah, it is, it is no trouble whatsoever to, uh, to find uh, either the fire escape for your own apartment complex or the fire escape for a random complex you've just decided is going to be your nest for the night. Mm. Oh, I have the just in mind the type of complex they'd be climbing. So they go to their usual spot and okay, what day is this? What day is this? Uh, it's about Thursday. The Thursday? Okay. So it's going to be a special at the bar across the street. And so basically... What they like to do is they're going to climb up this certain little complex, brick building, and across the way is this little strip, and there will be a gay bar there that they like to watch people go in and out of, but they never go in themselves. <laughs> is, is this something that, uh, that uh, their therapist knows about? No. So... So they just go up there and, and people watch at the gay bar across the street? Yeah. While, while yearning to be uh, be able to go into such a uh, uh, business without feeling horribly socially awkward? Yes. Okay. And, and apparently, as is the style in Portsmouth, there are more than a few people who are dressed Similarly to uh to uh uh monstrance. 
just in the way of like fancy over the top three piece suits. Yes, very good. Because that's just the kind of town Portsmouth is. <laughs> I love it. Yes, they very much are yearning on top of this roof. And they think maybe tonight it will be it will be different, but of course it is not. <laughs> it never is. It never is. It hasn't been probably for however long. Yeah, <laughs> for a very long time. I'm going to probably say like more than a few years. They've been doing this every Thursday night <laughs> <laughs> for like three years or more. <laughs> Yeah, so so Monstrance is just up there with uh with their gas station pork dumplings and their newly acquired father's ring and and wishing mm-hmm. that that they could be where the people are. Exactly. And they're just the only thing they're saying is, Hi, I'm Monstrance. Hi, I'm Monstrance. Oh, this child is so sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to every single person. This grown adult child is so sad. They're so sad. They just don't know what to do. They're too scared. Just practicing how they would say hello to every person that they see going in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we will we will leave Monstrance there. Uh, yeah, camera camera zooms out as Monstrance is on top of this uh, this brick building across from the uh, the gay bar. And we will wrap up the session with the villain interlude 2. Ooh. Yeah, villain interlude 1 uh, just for your own reference and um oh god, where was it? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea where it was. Probably session three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. <clears throat> Let me get a good good slurp of coffee for this. Um, the coffee's too good. I can't slurp it. <laughs> <clears throat> Once again, we find ourselves in a strange, otherworldly mansion. Specifically, a massive, ornate dining room. A fireplace crackles at one end of the room, behind the head of the far-reaching dining table. This table is decorated with candelabras, cloche-covered platters, and a tablecloth with an impossibly intricate design sewn into it. Sitting at the table are two men, Zach Kirkland and a lanky, dirty-looking man in ripped clothing. The lanky man is eating a delicious-looking steak. Uh, that looks far beyond his own price salary. Uh, coffee, you are betraying me. <clears throat> Taking it from the top. The lanky man is eating a delicious-looking steak that looks far beyond his price range, while Zach seems to be finishing up a phone call. He'll regret trying to get rid of us. He ends the call and slams his new phone onto the table hard enough to rattle some of the nearby dishes. What are you looking at, Jeb? The lanky man uh, smiles and waves his fork lazily at Zach and says, uh, I'm looking at someone with anger management problems, kid. Have you tried breathing exercise? Zach shoots Jeb a glare. 
The only problem I have is with our pathetic mayor. Stands up, knocking over his chair um, in the process. His left arm hanging limply at his side. And I'm about to solve that problem myself. Jeb rolls his eyes. Uh, you know, maybe your half-cocked plant could use some more, uh, you know, constraint. And uh, as uh, these words leave uh, Jeb's mouth, Zach's orange eye focuses sharply on Jeb as his blue eye uh, flutters and closes. He slumps slightly as his anima manifests, seemingly regarding Jeb with annoyance. Jeb calmly goes back to eating his steak. Uh, hey, I know you're doing your psycho thing or whatever, but try to rein it in. He motions at all of Zack with his fork. All this... It's not going to go well for you if the boss's pet project gets himself killed doing something stupid. The anima gives a uh, sound which seems like a cross between a uh, horse-like uh, grunt and a steam whistle before dissipating. Zack's orange eye loses its focus and his uh, blue eye snaps back open. You okay? Zoned out there for a second. Uh, Jeb says, returning to his steak. Zack holds his head with uh, his mobile hand and uh, just kind of stands there for a moment in confusion. Y yeah, I was just... I, I, I think I need to go for a walk. Jeb smirks as Zack stumbles his way out of the opulent dining room and deeper into this mansion. You know Zachary hates you, yes? Mr. Harris says, seemingly appearing from nowhere taking a seat at the head of the table. What can I say? I just love pushing people's buttons. Mr. Hare tucks a napkin into his collar and takes the cloche off of his dish. Yes, you are rather abrasive towards, uh... How did you pull it? Sheeple? Jeb's only response is a white grin. Mr. Hare has a few spoonfuls of soup before continuing. Well, I appreciate your efforts in guiding him to test the limit of his abilities. I'm afraid I'll need your skills somewhere else. Oh, come on, boss. Making Zack's life hell is what gets me out of bed in the morning. Be that as it may, I need you and Capricorn to perform a specific task. A person of interest has some very unfortunate information. I need you to deal with it. Jeb's eyes gleam. Am I allowed to do whatever I want? <sighs> I will allow you to task as you see fit. Just don't damage my prospects. Jeb laughs maniacally as his body is surrounded by a fractal orb. It separates off from him and takes the form of what looks to be an emaciated astronaut. His laughter gets more unhinged as his anima drapes its arms around his shoulders and the two sink backwards into the mansion's floor, and out of sight, leaving Mr. Hare to his soup and the crackling of the fireplace. And that will be all for this session. Yeah, we, uh, we were down a person, so it didn't go as long as it could have. But I have plans for the next few uh, sessions. Ooh, ah. <laughs> uh, yes, if uh, 
I forgot to say this for what feels like the past two or three sessions, but if people want to get a hold of me and I don't know, give ideas or tell me how bad uh, I can be contacted at crimsbacon at Twitter, Tumblr, and Gmail. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com. I'm no Oh, there it is. Yes, please. Uh, Patreon.com slash crimsbacon. Currently, 200% of what I make uh, on Patreon goes towards our editor. Uh, our very skilled, very talented, very patient editor. So, yeah, if we are able to get him to a better, uh, better deal than what I cur- am currently paying him, that would be great. Uh, if we make it uh, beyond that, uh, I don't know. I'll think of something to use that extra money for. But yeah, that is uh, all I have to say. Um, Ash can be reached at Ash and Heartcry at, uh, I believe, Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, Matt, would you like to plug any of your places? Yes, I'm Matt, or Maddie, whatever is easier for you. And you can find me on Instagram at Sequin Croissant. That's my main. But if you're interested, uh, I am a... Um, gosh, if I could, you know, speak like a person, that'd be cool. Um, I am a webcomic artist, and you can read, learn more about that at Casual Flowershop Freak Show. Can you spell that for me? <laughs> casual. Okay. Casual flower shop freak show. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I misheard that to such a disgusting degree. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, right. you're like, Matt, the stream is PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You also blew through all of the swears allotted. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least you were the first one. Um. And also, as usual, you can reach Julian via Blood Sacrifice. And uh, yeah, we will see people next time. Bye. Bye. Uh oh. Uh, I think my cat is stuck on the porch. Let me go <laughs> pick up. Him. I just heard a faint meow, and I was like, uh oh. Hold <laughs> on. Just really faintly. Yeah. <laughs> Meow.